Hi everyone, welcome back to our second episode of this unnamed podcast. We're still thinking of the name. Today we are joined by Z, who is going to talk about their life as a queer immigrant from China. So we're really excited and let's get started. For our first question, we're going to ask, how do you think your life is different from living in China to living as an international student in America? First, I think life is much more convenient in China in terms of transportation, also safety. You can literally like walk on the street at 3 a.m. You don't need to worry about getting robbed or getting shot. Also, if you go to Chinatown here, like in the U.S., it's pretty outdated. It's like a 50 years old in China. Uh, China now is more like high tech. For example, you can you can literally go out without bringing a wallet. You can pay with your face ID. But people don't care about that in China. <laughs> like we know our privacy is not ours. Okay. So people only care about like the convenience okay. in China. If, yeah. As long as like, it's good for their life, mm-hmm. they don't. They don't worry about that. I, I feel yeah. like the difference between when people bring that into America is our government doesn't give as much as maybe the Chinese government gives Chinese mm-hmm. citizens. Because people are like, oh, we need higher taxes, but people don't want that as much here because mm-hmm. we don't reap the benefits. But the government being able to do a lot of things is like actually providing for further citizens, like really nice transportation or like mm. cleanliness and things like that. So losing a little bit of self-autonomy is okay because you you have good health care and you have all these other perks. So it's like, here a little and there, bit, yeah. yeah, here and there, it's like, yes, it might not be good to have your face recorded everywhere and censorship and things like mm-hmm. that, but there's a lot more benefits. Yeah. I was also just thinking about how I can pay with my face on Apple Pay, mm-hmm. just, but purely on my phone. But Apple still has my face. Yeah, exactly. So what they do with that data, we don't really know. There's like face, like machine in the store. You don't need to like, use your yeah. phone to pay you just like walk in the store yeah. and you can pay with your face mm. that's actually pretty cool yeah do you think there is a less use of cash now because yeah. of that no i use cash in china okay oh, wow. yeah. how about let's say people who are struggling to make ends meet homeless populations do you think they would have access to this like bank accounts and stuff or do you think they would carry cash around and still be able to like, I mean, home yeah, there's no homeless in China. What? Yeah, there's, there's no homeless in China. Cause Is it just hidden gov- from populations? or? Uh, as long as you can see on the street, there's no homeless. Yeah. That's, so does that, it depend on where you live? Or is it actually so. all over China? I think do you all think over they China. Would, okay, this might be like my ignorant American brain, but <laughs> do you think they would get rid of the people who are homeless and use them somewhere or no? I don't think they get rid of them oh i don't know actually but i think chinese like government provide benefits for poor people like so housing like shelters yeah. and things like that yeah so i okay. even though i my hometown is not rich but there's no homeless people on the street so do you think in china you've never seen someone for example begging for money or asking for money um, on the street it has but I don't think they're homeless because they will, it kind of like their job, like they will, they will leave like during the night, they will go back to their shelter. They won't sleep on the street. Okay. I see. Interesting. And they also have like a QR code you can scan to pay them. What? Yeah, because like people don't have cash. 
So you need to like scan the so QR like Venmo code. or like yeah. <laughs> the Chinese version of Venmo. Yeah, like WeChat. You can scan the QR code and they they will pay on the WeChat. Wow, interesting. That is very interesting. Yeah. So did you want to talk more more about how American representation? Or yeah. Of how how has it been for you living here as an immigrant from China, like having the accent very clearly? In terms of the accent, like before I came here. I literally think people were so impressed that I can speak English, <laughs> like, because if you if you're a foreigner in China, like he or she can speak Chinese, I would be so wow. You can speak Chinese, oh my god. <laughs> you can say ni hao. Like, <laughs> that's so wow. impressive. <laughs> but here, like everyone, <laughs> like by default, expect yeah, expect. expect you to you to speak English like fluently. Yeah. So when you. Don't speak English fluently, or with uh, some like, accents, they will get impatient sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of not culture shock, but makes me like nervous at the first like first months I'm I'm here. Yeah, because I, I don't know how to respond to respond to people. Like, impatient people. Yeah, I, because I it's like really... they're trying to hurry you up. Like, if you're trying to think of what to say, it's stressful. Like in Kroger, like the cashier, like mm. we're getting uh, impatient to me, and like I cannot understand her sometimes. Like, yeah, and then she blames you, even though it's yeah. So that makes me a little bit upset. Yeah, yeah, like, upset when I first came here. Do you think you've experienced any other kind of big culture shocks regarding racism living here? I don't. I don't think I experienced the racist here because I living in Ann Arbor, which is Ann Arbor is very not, liberal city, not representative yeah. of the whole U.S. How about I know you travel when you go on vacations and stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced anything, or do you kind of not notice if people you don't really think that people are giving you weird looks? Or for example, when you went to Florida, yeah, yeah, Florida is because I went to like Orlando. Orlando, Orlando, yeah, Orlando, Miami, so not too bad. Yeah, but yeah. I went to like Tennessee. We, I, my, my friends and I are only Asians in the restaurant. Like people will look at us, but they they didn't act Say differently to us. Okay. Mm, but it's just but like, the like, looks. Yeah, like, they will look at us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel like oh. even we get that. Like yeah. in northern Michigan. Yeah. Like I, one of my friends has like a cabin, and when we went to a restaurant. All of us happen to be Asian, and we like went to a Walmart or such a restaurant, and they're all looking at us. And it's 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 not in a malicious way. It's like, just you're foreigner slash you're an alien kind of way. Yeah, I get a lot of up north when I go. A lot of like old white ladies will come up to me and be like, "You're so pretty." Yeah, yes. and I'll be like, <laughs> "So one of her friends who is on our shared dance team, <laughs> basically a couple of people on some specific day told them they're the prettiest person they've ever seen." Yeah, so it's like weird because it's kind mm. of fetishized. Yeah. Because I don't know how to take it yeah because I'm like it's a compliment yeah I but I don't know how to take it in my brain because I'm like is it because I'm like exotic or something yeah like you think I look exotic Pre- exotic. yeah <laughs> have you heard that song? yes <laughs> with pitbull yeah oh. another podcast <laughs> another podcast episode but I it's like I've personally never gotten oh my god you're so pretty like I think I just I don't know I've just not gotten that but I f- it, co- it comes with a weird tone. Like, it's, like, almost patronizing the way that, oh, my God, you're so pretty. I don't know. It comes with, like, a weird... The Like, when I experienced it the first time, she was staring at me 
from afar for five minutes and I kept looking at her and I was actually scared because she wasn't smiling she was just staring at me and so like I was so prepared to hands up like, I was preparing to say something you can't say racist stuff man like yeah, it's yeah. 2022 yeah, at yeah. that point it was 2022 and I was like you just grow up yeah like stop having this such an old perspective on race and people but then she came up to me and she's like you are so pretty and I was like <laughs> I didn't know how to take it. Yeah. It was just really weird. How did you respond? I think I hesitated. I stared at her for a minute and I was thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. I was really appalled because I, the, until the minute she started speaking, I was so prepared to, to yeah, be, grow up yeah. and stop yeah. being yeah. so yeah. racist. So kind of moving off of that, how was your experience being queer in China? It's definitely a hard experience, not until my sophomore, sophomore year in college, I, I didn't realize I can have a crush on a girl. So, yeah, because like before them, I, before sophomore year, I always think like should be heterosexual. Yeah. And if you are two girls, like either one should be very like muscular and the other one should be like feminine that's like the right combination and you don't really think do you not think you fit into that yeah i i, I don't think because i i look a little bit like feminine right but i don't like muscular girl mm-hmm. so i don't think i'm like queer lesbian or yeah. real queer, real queer. I, I i don't think i fit into any like category yeah so like it almost felt like maybe you were not the right gay or like yeah like it was like I feel, yeah i feel my feelings for girls uh just like a game or, or not like serious mm. it wasn't real yeah it was like yeah so did you have any previous knowledge on queer people in china or do you think do they censor it or how does that work because i don't know if you guys know like we, we don't have access in go- to google in china so we cannot search like thing. We, we can only search things the government want to show us. So the only knowledge I know about the lesbians is it's a movie from Thailand. So yeah, it's called Yes or No. So okay. It's like a really cool girl, data, a really pretty girl. That's the, all the knowledge I know about that. Also like there's shadow banning in China. So can you, what does that mean? So if you publish some like rainbow, like the people cannot see that. Like oh, only like okay. few people can see it. Mm. so, so like, even yeah. if you kind of on social media maybe said that you were gay people wouldn't see that you said that oh you you cannot say say you that you are gay okay on social media they they won't allow you to publish that so okay. are there certain gay. words that they like yeah you can't even say yeah. so if i were to say like homosexual like no. that word we pop like it wouldn't no. let you post it i yeah we have like a mandarin war for this okay yeah do people not use like do people usually stick to the English word or just use that like code word? I think people use like English words more frequently because if you use like Mandarin, it just I don't know. I just feel a little bit. It's weird a little. Yeah, bit. yeah. You kind of talked about how you weren't able to identify that you were queer because of all the censorship. Mm. How do you think that impacted your mental health as a child or as an adolescent growing up in China? Um, cause, cause you cannot have like the you don't have the knowledge about yeah. this, and like, I don't think I I think about this th- seriously. Mm-hmm. I never question my sexuality. I just think it's it's like the right thing to get a, a boyfriend. Yeah, get a boyfriend. So I had boyfriend like b- 
before mm-hmm. since like middle school to like college. college. Did you, when yeah. you dated men during that time, like thinking back now, did you ever think you had real feelings for them or was it just something else? I do think I have feelings for them, but was it not the depth you feel for women now? Yeah, definitely. I don't. Was it more like a friend kind of relationship? Yeah, my great buddy. <laughs> yeah, like my best friend. Yeah, my best friend. We can't play basketball with me. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, Z has mentioned to me a couple of times that like whenever they dated someone is because they were the best at basketball <laughs> or ping pong. So it's just like another partner to play with. But yeah. one time you mentioned the story to me when you were on a Ferris wheel and you felt so awkward with your boyfriend, you invited your friend with you. <laughs> and I was like, imagine if you were dating someone and they're like, I cannot be in the same room as you. I'm going to bring my friend. I did yeah. that one time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like not attracted to my first boyfriend at all. I like, I was like, oh my God, he likes me. Yeah. So yeah. obviously I like him back. And no, I definitely didn't like him back. <laughs> Yeah, and it was just, like, really messy because I'd always have, like, friends along Mm. or anytime he tried to, like, kiss me for six months straight, I'd be like, oh, look at my phone. (laughs) I would just, like, distract, like, move the conversation on. It was so bad. I felt really bad for him, but I didn't realize that, like, until I got into my first actual relationship, what a relationship, like, how you should feel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why I experienced a uh, like long time, like two years almost, yeah. like self doubt after sophomore year, because I, I can feel my crush for like for a girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel really really bad to my boyfriend. Cause yeah, he he's really nice guy. <laughs> yeah, want to do I have, like homework for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, he did my job at home. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I don't have any excuse to break up with him back then. Yeah. Time. Other than like you just yeah don't. I have yeah I have crush on girl. Mm, yeah. So Did I, it ever make you really sad? Yeah. That... I, yeah, I doubt myself like frequently. I don't think I have the right to play with his feelings. Yeah. Because I I feel like dishonest. All. It, it was it also hard because you had no support system because it was so mm-hmm. quiet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you had literally no one to talk to. So yeah. like no one was saying. You're right. Or, like, no one was, like... Or no one was there to be, like, me too. Yeah. And also, I'm not sure in my own heart. I'm not sure if I just have if it's a just weird a crush. Yeah. Or if I just, I like, think she's pretty. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not sure I'm, I'm, I'm gay or not. Because, like, I don't have the experience. I don't have the knowledge. I don't... I, I cannot, like, Nothing justi- supporting you, yeah. justify my... Yeah. You have no evidence from, like, outside per- yeah. perspectives. Yeah. yeah. Like, sometimes you just feel like you're weird. Yeah. And I think that's something at least American culture, at least the internet has helped me with, mm-hmm. is it really opened my eyes. Honestly, BuzzFeed yeah. back in 2014, 2015. I think as a kid, I needed that because I feel there always has been some queer attraction in my life, but I never focused on it until I was aware it being possible. Because kids are always so curious and they'll look up like really stupid stuff, like two girls kissing yeah, exactly. to like justify what they're feeling. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like in a way, like that probably helped a lot of queer kids today understand and justify how they were feeling, even if it wasn't like as supported in their outside environment. Exactly. And I think, unfortunately, that's where I see a lot of conservatives coming where it's like social media or like people are like turning the kids gay or whatever they think, but it's more about they're just supporting feelings that were already there. Yeah. Like 
And I think what conservatives want to do is, or whomever are against the queer communities, squash those feelings and turn people back onto the normal path, Mm -hmm. which it's like, because I I just don't think they think of being gay as a a real option. Yeah, but I do want to touch on the privilege we have to grow up with not having that censorship on things so that we were able to see people on youtube come out as gay and be like this is something that exists that people can feel exactly it's it's it wasn't especially with the the like advent of the internet we were really like lucky to be able to look up stuff on our own and Mm -hmm. actually have that option without because i feel like in maybe in china they've been with all the shadow banning and stuff it's like almost told that it's wrong it's bad Mm -hmm. follow-up question with this is do do is the language there that queerness is like american propaganda or like yeah okay yeah people think uh if you're gay your lifestyle is westernized something mm. like that. oh i feel like that happens in india too yeah that's what i, th- I was that's what i was thinking yeah. too like because but it's so funny especially with the india comment because we were gay first you know what i'm saying yeah. india like practice homosexuality yeah. in like the 1100s and then like for it to be rebranded as Western, it's just like really funny. It is, it's really annoying, but I think that based on the research I did for our last episode, I think for especially Kidras and all of India, they kind of identify as being trans or non-binary or intersex. It's based on their devotion to divinity. It's not really, I was born feeling this way. It's more like, this is my purpose in life, Mm, is what the research was telling me. So it's it's like their idea of what we see as queerness might not fit. Like, they might not think they fit under the queer umbrella because it's like more about my purpose to God versus like who I am as a person. I think they fit, they classify themselves under the queer umbrella, but not the way that Western culture classifies being under the queer umbrella. Okay, okay. But it definitely is annoying to see just like how homosexuality was so accepted and normalized before. Yeah. And it's it's, It's not a Western concept. It just reminds me of like how American people eat turmeric now. Yeah. And like they try to like patent that. Ashwagandha. Or yeah. Yoga. Yeah. Yoga. (laughs) Meditation. Mindfulness. Everything they're doing. Like yeah. We did this first. (laughs) We did this thousands of years (laughs) ago. Exactly. Teacher play Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, and like puppy yoga and goat yoga yeah, and stuff. And like, it's like, dude, stop. Yeah. <laughs> it's oh. go it's gone too far. <laughs> That's enough slices. Too much capitalism for, <laughs> for devotion. <laughs> yeah. I think just one more thing I wanted to ask you about because you mentioned this to me before. So there's a Chinese concept of yin and yang, Mm -hmm. and you were talking to me how that's like masculine and feminine energy. So how does that like impact how did that impact your view on gayness? Because technically, two women have feminine energy. What do you take yeah. away from that? So I think Chinese respect history a lot. So like back in, I don't know the exact time, but there's a saying called uh, yin means like female, yang means uh, male. So the combination of yin and yang is a balance. Mm. So that starts from long before and people like believe this. All the time. Could the balance also represent like other things, or is it just male and female? And is it like energy or more? Yeah, and I think yeah, I think energy like in a little bit soft, mm. like yummy, like I don't know, like fiery, like, like, like big, yeah, like yeah. headstrong for yeah, yeah, okay, kind of like that. So they also think like the file or muscular 
like associated with men. Yeah. And the other side associated with female. So yeah, that's that's the combination starts like from Asian China and okay. people just like believe that and they think the combination only this combination is justified represents female. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and, and son is okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's actually even in Hindu culture, Shiva. Yeah. He has masculine fe- feminine energy and I think that was taken out of context, but I think reading your research it was like the combination of the energies and it's more about energy versus body parts so i don't know i mean there is also like the concept of balance in hinduism as well with the three main pillars of hinduism shiva vishnu and brahma like the destroyer the creator sustainer so I mean, that's a sort of balance, but it's mm. not really, I don't want to say it's like yin and yang. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely different, but there's a lot of... Because also with the three, they have their women counterparts yeah. who are like, whom they're married to. Yeah. Do you think anyone's ever used that as a reason for people not being gay? No, I don't think so. Okay. It's, it's really, really outside. I don't think young people use that. Do you think... Like old people would use it against you? Like, like relatives or... Yeah, yeah they... I think some of them think that's the like the right combination of a family. So okay, yeah, because yeah, here they'll use like the Bible against you, and, like this mm. ancient text that says like you shouldn't lay with them, and yeah. they converted that into like mm. being gay is a sin. I was wondering if there's some kind of parallel there. Because like Chinese people are not religious, mm. most of them, okay. so we don't have. Similar Bibles. So. so would it be more about reputation then? And is the reason against queerness, like westernization, it's like you don't want to be too much like America? Mm. Or is it like, what will other people think of you? Or is it just like, it's wrong, it doesn't make sense, you're, you're incorrect, go back to the right path? I I think the, so personally, the primary reason is like queer people cannot have kids. Like, but mm. like Chinese people like value family so much. And we even have like, three child policy now <laughs> yeah and also we think if you cannot have a child it's no one to take it's care. like it's disrespect to your family so if you're infertile yeah. it's like a disrespect to your family yeah we, we have like an old saying to like infer like not having kids is the most disrespectful thing Wow. Is it real family? Is it because you're not continuing the Chinese lineage? Yeah, you're not continuing your like good genes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think like maybe Indian people don't have that as much as South Asian people, but there's yeah. still some aspect of like who is going to carry mm. out the tradition. Yeah, mm. it's always like finish your education, then it's get married. Mm. Then people are like, when are you guys having kids? Then it's mm. like, when are you having your second kid? So yeah. when are they going to college? And then it like it's yeah. just about the next it's a cycle. Yeah. So that's. Definitely interesting. So, okay, so how about women who physically can't give birth? Are they seen as, like, useless? They definitely have discrimination to women who cannot give birth. Actually, they, they, we, ha- we have discrimination to, like, we, um, some some Chinese people will abandon the female, First, like, yeah, women, female, yeah. like, baby, because oh, yeah. they can't take care of the family, right, because they get married to the yeah, cause. Cause so once like a, a girl get married to another she's family, to take care of the, like, the man. She's yeah. she belongs to other yeah. another family actually. Which is I think like very similar to Indian culture mm-hmm. as well. How do you think that's impacted the way you live in China as a woman? Also, cause I, I my family is not that discriminated. Yeah, yeah. I, I think also but, you've mentioned. Sorry to interrupt, but you you mentioned your family is like 
unorthodox or like they they're very different from traditional Chinese families and yeah. your like lifestyle situation was different in a good way so if you want to like yeah my family definitely um I think more open-minded than like most of family in China even though I live in a small city but I, I did experience like discrimination like some kind of discrimination from my family like they will say uh you're 25 you're like it's time for you to get married time to uh like women women don't need to study that much yeah, <laughs> i think you, yeah. you mentioned your parents are like women shouldn't get phds don't do that yeah 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 my dad said that my dad said you're, you're a girl you just you don't need to read that like that, hard text yeah, you don't need to get a phd just like get a guy <laughs> how do you think i know you haven't come out to your family yet but have you come out to any of your friends back in china yeah, so it's pretty late. I, I remember it's 2020, I came out to my besties, like my two besties. One of them is pretty open-minded, like accept. She was accepting? Yeah. They, they, were, they, they were surprised though. They were so surprised because I only had boyfriend mm. before. Mm-hmm. Did they invalidate you? Were they like, are you sure? Yeah, definitely. They tried to. <laughs> they did try to? Like, yeah, they tried to convince me not to be gay. Is it more like a because they care about you thing? So it's like, I don't want you to be discriminated against in China? Or or was it like, I don't want to be friends with a gay person? I think more like the first one. They they worry about me. They care about me. So yeah, they try to... I think that's mean too straight. <laughs> I think that's how my family like. I feel like I can. My parents are exactly that, where they're like, they can see all the hardship I'm gonna go through, but mm. don't realize that like, it's denying, not a choice. Yeah, exactly, denying my identity will cause me more harm than accepting it. So I think I, I definitely can understand that. Yeah, it's kind of sad. One of my friends, one of my besties, like she used to like really close to me. Like she was look physically, yeah, yeah, physically mm. close to me. And after I told her I'm gay like she don't know how to act around you (laughs) she's like oh my god she's gonna fall in love with me kind (laughs) of vibe she she probably just think if if I am comfortable it does that to me Mm. if my girlfriend will you get mad at that oh so do you they know you have a girlfriend yeah I had a girlfriend you had a girlfriend back in China that girlfriend was I feel like she was crazy (laughs) I feel like she pushed you a lot but she taught you a lot of things too. Yeah, yeah. And I, I appreciate her a lot. Cause mm-hmm. I think the time I hold her hands, I have like the, 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 the like the feelings I have never experienced in my life. That's so cute. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> like it, you just felt the difference. Like there was no turning back. Yeah, I feel. Oh my god, that's the right feeling. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the feeling I'm looking for. I know. I think. Like, I feel like that was me. Like the first time I kissed a girl, was that it felt really right, <laughs> and like all the guys I've kissed before just like felt. I don't know if it's because I didn't. I kissed them like before I was ready, mm-hmm. but it just like didn't feel as good. Okay, so one final question to wrap this up: If you could give any advice to a Chinese person questioning their sexuality, what's something you would tell them? I want to tell them to uh, trust yourself. Don't question yourself, especially you don't have uh, much inf- enough information, and also don't force yourself to date a date a guy or date a girl, even though like many people tell you to do so. 
ask your friends for more information or for more support or find a way to uh, get access to more information if you want to know more about yourself. Yeah. Thank you so much, Z. I really enjoyed hearing your perspective of Chinese immigrant coming over to the U.S. and how your queerness and your race has impacted the way that you live here and just talking about your experiences living in China as well. Yeah, I really appreciated your side of the story. I know sometimes I focus on the South Asian experience more and it's good to hear other perspectives and other people's struggles. And thank you again. Tune in for episode three, where we talk about the experience of coming out as South Asian queers to friends and family and how that impacts the relationship dynamics within our lives. <laughs>